Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to the Determined Mom Show. Today we have a very special guest, Meg Brunson. She is the owner of EIEIO Marketing and MegBrunson.com. She is a former Facebook employee and a Facebook ads expert. She is also the author of The ABCs of Business, which is an amazing children's book. And she is the host of the Familypreneur Podcast. Welcome, Meg. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We are very excited to have you on today. And I know that you have so much knowledge um, of Facebook ads to share with the audience today. And I'm really excited to have you share that. First, let's get a little bit of your background. Like, where did you um, get started? How did you land a job at Facebook? And then what kind of pulled you into the direction of being an entrepreneur? Sure. So I've always been a little entrepreneurial. I've always had some kind of a, a side hustle. You know, even when I was in college and then post-college, painting, I was always a creative. So I've always had a little bit of a side hustle alongside my full-time job. Basically, with my third pregnancy, I got really sick, almost died twice. That could be its own, you know, its own episode. And I told my husband, listen, I know I'm the breadwinner. I'm the nine to five, but I can't go back to work. Like I'm, I'm dealing with so many emotions over this, this traumatic experience and I can't go back. So he picked up a couple jobs in order to fill in our, our financial needs. And it was a matter of weeks before I was antsy because I've never not worked. So at that point, I really jumped into entrepreneurship and I found after I want to say I did try a a bunch of stuff that didn't work. So for those of you who are feeling like you're on the wrong path, like I've been there too. Tons of direct sales companies, multi-level marketing, like all of that stuff. I did all the things. But what I ultimately found success with was a, it was a franchise mommy blog. So I did like a mom blog for my local area and sold advertising space to local businesses And I really had to learn marketing in order to do that because not only did I have to market my blog to get more readers and subscribers, but then the people who, the local businesses who are paying me for advertising, I had to market them to my readers and subscribers. So I threw myself into self-directed studies, taking, you know, online courses, reading books, you know, doing all of the things. And at that point... Facebook was a little different than it is today. We know Facebook has changed a lot over the years. And I found a lot of success with Facebook marketing for myself, both organically and then dabbling in the ad side of things. So I did that for a couple of years. My husband's job moved him across the country. We were living in New York at the time. And when we moved, I had the opportunity to go to a, it was like a hiring day at Facebook. And I applied for a job with marketing. I almost didn't get the interview because I didn't go to school for marketing. I went to school for criminal justice, which has nothing to do with marketing. And I've never held a you know, corporate job in marketing. It's all been entrepreneurial. But I kind of stood my ground and was like, no, I can do this. You know, I, I've become kind of known in my little circle of mommy bloggers and I can do this. And so they gave me the interview. I got hired. I went back to the corporate world for about a year 
And ultimately what made me return to entrepreneurship is the fact that at this point I've got four kids, three of them have uh, various form, you know, special needs. So two have IEPs, one has a 504 plan. So between all the meetings and the field trips and the class parties and the school plays, it got to the point where if I needed to take time off, I was converting decimal points. You know, I had 1.67 hours of paid time off to, to go see my kiddos kindergarten Thanksgiving play. And how was I going to make it work? And it was that, it was that moment where I said, this is not what I want to do. Like no, no job is going to be fun enough to warrant me not being the mom I want to be. And so at that point, I started to put the balls in motion to return to entrepreneurship and kind of realized that I could do exactly what I was doing for Facebook on my own and just charge for it. So that's my like journey in a nutshell. That's awesome. And I think it's a, a really good testament to the fact that, you know, everybody has that moment. And I think it's really important to note that it has no bearing, like what you're doing and like where you're working. I mean, it seems to me like Facebook is kind of a pretty cool gig to have, you know, like you're on the inside of everything and, and that kind of thing. But it doesn't matter how like cool or how important that job is. If you get to that point where you hit that wall and you realize like, I need to be with my family then it's just everything pivots. And I think you have a very powerful story. And you're right. And that's part of the reason why I went back. I don't think I would have gone back to a corporate job if it was just at like any old business mm -hmm. place. Yeah. But Facebook seemed like a fun place to work. And it was. And that's like, it totally was. Yeah. You know, there's foosball in the office. There's chalkboard walls. I mean, it's what you expect. It's that like millennium driven company. I remember, you know, you meet all your job metrics and on Fridays we'd go and play catchphrase and wow. just fun stuff. And I still go to a lot of Facebook. Um, I go to F8 every year, which is their developer conference. Mm -hmm. And it's very reflective of working there. And it almost sucks you back in because it's like the food and the fun. And, but ultimately you need to be there 40 hours a week. They don't do remote or at least they didn't when I was there. I, I don't want to say they don't in case maybe they've changed their minds. But at the time, they weren't doing any remote employment. And um, it's just not aligned with where I want to be. And I think you have to recognize that about yourself. Yeah. And it's definitely a hard thing to recognize that, um, especially when you find yourself in a position where you do have a, a cool job and a cool boss maybe, or you're making a really good income. And you're afraid. There's a lot of fear, I think, that goes into that whole process. And especially when you have a family and children and all of those things, it just gets multiplied by however many <laughs> dependents you have, I think. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I think that's an amazing, you know, story. And I'm so glad that you've shared that with us. So getting into entrepreneurship, what is it that you do now? What does EIEIO marketing um, offer? So the, the bulk of the business is doing Facebook ad management. So done for you ad management. So we have businesses who do not want to run Facebook ads. Like they know they have to for their business because they're so powerful, but they don't want to do it themselves. They want to be in their zone of genius and they just want someone else to take care of all of those headaches because let's be real, 
Facebook is a headache. So <laughs> we run the ads for them. Then we have, um, I do mentorship. I offer mentorship for people who want to learn it. So sometimes these are people who aren't quite ready to outsource it. So they want to learn the ropes before they trust somebody else to run the ads for them. Sometimes they're people who want to start their own agency and they just want to make sure that they're doing everything compliantly and following best practices and things like that. And sometimes they just want to learn for whatever reason. So it's people who want to learn to run it themselves. I have a lot of people who think that once they know the basics, they can just manage it themselves, which is, is fine too. So that's kind of what that is for. I have a course for people who want to learn it. And then I offer strategy sessions, kind of one-off phone calls if you want to talk about a specific question or problem. When I worked at Facebook, I'd say the number one thing that I didn't like was the fact that they told me who I could and couldn't work with. So Facebook, of course, is concerned with revenue. It's a business. And so they really wanted us to be focused on the people who are spending the most money on the Facebook platform. But it put me in a tough position because a lot of the people that I relate to most are smaller businesses, like the mom and pop shops. I mean, the people I was helping with the mom blog, even, you know, I got to really know that smaller local market as a mom myself who is entrepreneurial. I related a lot to those moms. I had one client and she was a mom. Her, her son was two. And this is when I was working at Facebook. Her son was two. She was pregnant with another child. She had a really cool subscription box company, but her ad spend wasn't there. So the instruction was basically have a phone call with her, give her a little bit of help, and then you're done. And I don't want to do that. Like she could have, I knew that if I could talk to her a couple times that we could make a ton of progress. So with starting EIEIO, my goal was always to have the services or, or products, ways to help people no matter where they are on that spectrum. Because ad management can be expensive because there's a lot of time and work and attention that goes into it. But if people aren't at that level, I don't want to just give them like a one-off and be done with them. I want to have something that can support them. That's great that you offer that full spectrum. I think that's definitely missing in a lot of businesses. It's like either you can't afford it or you just have to go somewhere else and find it. And I so. think for somebody who's starting a business and they want to have that, another tip, I mean, I've been doing this for two and a half years. And I started with just like one or two things and I've been adding more as I go. So like my course just launched a year ago. It hasn't, I didn't like come out of the gates with something to serve everybody. You know, I focused on one or two things at a time, got them going well, and then added other things. So I think that's, you know, for somebody out there who's like, I want to offer that spectrum of things. Don't try to do it all at once. Yeah. But have that that goal to, to do it over time. Yeah. Getting your core offering, knowing what your core offering is, <laughs> is obviously the first step. But then after you get that core offering, just, you know, like you said, adding the next logical thing, like what are your people asking for? Like what right. is that biggest need that you see? That's what I did with the online marketing for moms membership is that I see all these moms that need SEO on their websites and they can't afford the SEO campaign. So the next logical thing is to teach them how to do it. So exactly. Yeah. It's that natural evolution of what my 
clients or potential clients need. Awesome. So tell us, how do we know um, if we are doing the right thing with Facebook ads or, or so if, think, what we should be doing maybe? <laughs> so I think before you even run Facebook ads, there's a couple things that you need to, to think about. You mentioned knowing your core offer. And as silly as it sounds, that's probably one of the number one things that you need to know. And it seems like it would be obvious, but you need to know what your, your core offer is. And then you need to know what supporting offers you have to kind of prepare people for that core offer. So this is where the sales funnel comes in, right? People aren't just going to meet you for, for the first time and then decide to drop a thousand dollars or whatever, to do business with you. So you kind of have to warm them up. You need to know what your core offer is. You need to know who your ideal audience is. And I highly recommend that you are building an email list, regardless of what business or what vertical you're in. So the biggest mistake I see people make is they get boost happy. They know that Facebook ads are successful. You know, they know other people are successful with Facebook ads. They know they should be running Facebook ads. And Facebook sprinkles these boost buttons all over their page. And so they start boosting posts. The problem is that you're not, you're, you're building this engagement on a borrowed platform and you're not building any owned assets. So an email list is something that you build you own it independently of Facebook. If Facebook disappears and goes away tomorrow, you know, MySpace style, then you've got an email list that you can write to all of your, your fans, your followers, your whatever you want to call them, and let them know, hey, now I'm over here on Twitter, or hey, now I'm over here on TikTok, or wherever you're going, you can keep people in the loop. So I think a lot, there are a lot of people who don't, who are underestimating the power of email lists. You hear that email marketing is dead. You see that open rates are low and I get that that's discouraging, but it's still really important that we're not putting all of our eggs in one basket that is Facebook. So having your core offer, having an opt-in offer that'll get people on your email list, having an email sequence, there's all of these little pieces that you should have in place before you're spending money on Facebook ads. So I think that's thing number one, is that Facebook ads support your business structure, so you need to have some structure in place before you donate money to the Mark Zuckerberg Fund because he doesn't need your money, so don't just spend money you know, haphazardly. Have, have a yeah. plan and a strategy in place. And then to take it a step further, since I talked about the boost buttons, you really need to familiarize yourself with ads manager, not just boosting from the page. So there's two ways currently on Facebook to run ads. You can either run them from your page, which is the lightest interface. It's super easy. It's the candy bar, the checkout lane where you can just kind of grab it and go. And it's the way that you're most likely to lose a lot of money because there's no strategy behind what you're doing. If you familiarize yourself with Ads Manager and learn the ins and outs of how Facebook Ads Manager works, and you combine that with your knowledge of sales funnels, you can then start to build your own sales funnel right within Facebook Ads. So you can generate leads and then remarket to your warm audience, 
to drive traffic and sales, retargeting, and all of that stuff. But first, you have to familiarize yourself with Ads Manager and all of the things that it can do for you. And the nice thing is, is that Facebook wants you to be successful, right? Like Facebook wants your ads to crush it because if you crush it with Facebook ads today, where are you going to spend that money next week? Right back on Facebook. (laughs) So what they've done is they try to make it easy. They really do. They try to make it easy. And I know it's, it's not, (laughs) but they try to make it as easy as possible. And a lot of the advanced settings that can be really confusing are defaulted to be what is most likely in your best interest. So you don't have to worry too much about all the advanced settings. You just have to worry about kind of the the big things like identifying your audience. That sounds great. Um, I have a question for you or or maybe it's a a comparison. So when you boost an ad, right? Mm -hmm. Facebook is just kind of getting as many people to see your ad as possible or your post as possible. And those people aren't necessarily like qualified, right? When you boost, you can identify who you want to be in your audience. So you can say, I want this to reach women in the United States between the ages of 25 and 35 who are interested in podcasts. Just picking something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can say that. What it'll optimize for is for people to engage with that post which means they could react, give it a thumbs up, a heart, a ha-ha, you know, one of those little reactions. Mm-hmm. They could comment. They could share. They could click on it, which means maybe clicking to your profile um, to view your whole Facebook profile, clicking to make the image larger, or clicking through a link. It's any engagement. If it's a video that could include watching, you yeah. know, two to three seconds of that video. Okay. So engagement isn't always – the same thing as social proof, which is what I call the likes, comments, and shares. Yeah. You know, those numbers that you can see when you look at a post that tell you other people are interested in it. Yeah. So engagement isn't always social proof. Sometimes it's invisible engagement because you, you have no the, – the user can't see how many clicks something had. Right. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, it can help with your engagement on your page, and you can retarget people who've engaged on your page. So if you ran a couple boosted posts this week, and then next week you wanted to run an ad to people who've engaged with your page, you could retarget those people. But I still don't prefer, I still prefer email over that method because yeah. Like I said, email is something that you own. If you're using the engagement and then retargeting, I don't know that Amanda has engaged with my post mm-hmm. and that I've then retargeted Amanda. I don't know that. Yeah. But with email, I can see who's opening my emails. I can see who's clicking. I, can, I have more control over the data because I own it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing that, I have seen people encountering, um, I actually had um, in my Google My Business challenge group the other day, um, someone said that they own a business, it's a yoga studio, and she created an event and Facebook allows you to invite up to 500 people. It would not allow her to invite uh, nearly that many. Um, So it basically cut her off like at a really low number and then suggested that she boost her event. 
So is that a trend that you're seeing starting like where they're like, okay, no, you have to pay to play with businesses. And I haven't noticed, I haven't noticed that with the events, I have to be honest, I don't know what the cap on events is. Mm -hmm. I will say that here's where things get a little sticky. Boosting an event is a little bit different than boosting a post because with boosting an event, you're actually telling Facebook you want as many people as possible to say that they are interested or going. So it's a a slight distinction just to kind of keep in mind. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to know what you're, what you're getting for your money. (laughs) So again, interested doesn't mean they are going, but it does give you a little bit more information because you can then message the people who are interested and things like that. I think at its core, the reason for those limits is a good one because they don't want people to be unnecessarily bammed with content that they're not interested in. And I'm not saying that, that this person was, was trying to spam people, but there are a lot of people who are spammy. I have to be honest. I have some of them on my friends list, right? (laughs) Where you're like, oh, they tagged me in another post with a hundred people. Yeah. It's not personal and it's not, it's not because it's, it's something I'm interested in. It's purely because it's something they wanted to promote. And that's the kind of stuff that Facebook is trying to avoid. Yeah. You know, they're trying to avoid some random person creating an event that has no relevance to you. And then they invite you and a thousand other people. Yeah. Right. So yeah. ultimately, I think that that's Facebook's intention is you can invite 100, 500 people but you should be choosy about how you use those invites. So don't just invite any old person, but invite the right people. Okay. That's my like spin on it. Like, yes, they're a business. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be spammy about it, then they want to make money off of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you're not trying to be spammy about it, then it's, they just want you to be a little more mindful when you're making Mm -hmm. those invites. Does that make sense? I hope that didn't sound like mean towards the person. No, no, it totally makes sense. And it, it, I agree with you that, you know, people definitely abuse the, (laughs) the tagging feature and the events and all of those things because I get invited to way too many um, that are completely irrelevant to me. So yeah, I completely understand. In different Um, states even, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I can't think of any, like there's some weird ones though that come through and I'm like, what? I don't, I don't even like whatever that is like polka dancing or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. And I think that makes sense, you know, in the way that you explained it. So thank you for explaining that and kind of giving us that insight. Sure. So what is the next step? Is, are there any other things? Like how do we know for sure that like, okay, I have a post and I really like it. Is it worthy of being run as an ad or is it worthy of being run as a boost? Is there a criteria? So I think the, the main criteria with that, well, let me, let me take a step back. I want to answer that in twofold. I want to talk about how you know when a post is good enough. And then I want to talk about boost versus ad. So let me, let me split it up. How do you know if it's good enough? You can go into your page insights and take a look at your post history. So often, if you look at your post history, look at the past, you know, couple days, depending on how often you post, look at the past like 10 to 20 posts and see which posts have more or- 
organic engagement. If a post does well organically, it's likely to do well as an ad, as long as your targeting is, is also similar to what your page audience is, which it, it should be. So step one would be to go into your insights and take a look at which content is performing well organically. And then you're going to want to do a little more looking into exactly what those posts are to make sure they're they're still relevant to your ultimate goals. So if you're trying to get people to opt in for your, your opt-in, you're gonna to wanna to look at your most recent posts that promote the opt-in, not necessarily a cute puppy video. You know, keep it in, <laughs> keep it in the same area. Um, and then once you've identified which posts have done well organically, that is what I would suggest that you take to the ad. And then boost versus ad really comes down to what your goals are. So if your goal is engagement on your page, then a boost could be okay. I still, I still love Ads Manager, and you can run the same type of ad from Ads Manager. It's just an engagement ad, a page post engagement ad, does the same thing that boosting a post from your page does. So you can run it from Ads Manager. You can run it from the boost. Sometimes if I'm in a rush and I want to boost something, I will just run it from the page. I'm lazy too sometimes, um, <laughs> but it's really that ultimate goal. So if you're looking for engagement on the page, do the boost. If you're looking for something else, like let's say you're trying to drive people to a landing page where they can get your opt-in, that's when I'm going to suggest you run a traffic ad, which is going to get people from Facebook to another destination, which would be your website, or a conversion ad, which means you're driving them to your website. And then you want them to take a second action. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads me into a really important Facebook element that you need to have. And it's the Facebook pixel. So the pixel, if you're not familiar, is a little snippet of HTML coding that you copy from your ads manager and you paste into the header of your website. And similar to Google Analytics, it unlocks Facebook Analytics. So you can start to see some of those organic numbers and organic data, but it also allows you to do things like optimize your ads for conversions to take place. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way you can run a conversion ad is to have that pixel installed. And it's one of the things that if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, this is above me, like I'm not going to run ads for like six months at least, you know, maybe down the line. That's great. I get it. Sometimes it's just not the right time, but you should still get that pixel installed ASAP. Like that should be a priority for everybody. The pixel retains data for six months. So even if you're listening to this and you're not going to run an ad for six months or more, getting the pixel on there now is going to help you in six months yeah. because you're going to have data and you're going to have the structure set up to run really great ads. So that's one of those things. And you have access to the organic stuff. Yeah. So even if you're not going to run ads, you're just listening to this for fun because I'm engaging. <laughs> exactly. Then you still want to install the pixel. Yeah. I think everybody that owns a website should have all of the marketing pixels installed. LinkedIn has one. Facebook has one. I mean, I really, it's just even just for tracking purposes, to understand the age, the gender, the location of people that are visiting your website. It's so important. Um, if you don't have Google Analytics installed, which you would be very, very surprised by how many people don't have that installed oh, on their sure. website, um, uh, you just have to do it. So 
<laughs> just do and it. When you're, doing, when you're doing Facebook Pixel, Google Analytics, do the author, like just do them together. Yeah. And the cool thing, I feel like we could have a whole discussion about Facebook Analytics versus Google Analytics. Yeah. They're both super powerful, super informative. And if you compare the numbers, they're totally different because they track totally differently. And yeah. it, some people would be like, oh, Facebook is wrong. I, they're they're over-reporting. And I hear that a lot because Google's like the, you know, they're the established analytic tool. Yeah. But one is not better than the other. Like even as a Facebook person, I'm never going to be like, don't install Google because right. they both tell a different perspective mm-hmm. of the story. So yeah. you need to have both perspectives in order to, to see the big picture and you just have to interpret them in relationship to each other. So I think it's important to have both and to understand how they track differently. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, it's a very important discussion and it's definitely installing those is definitely part of my online marketing membership because that's just kind of like the baseline, you know, like getting all that baseline stuff out of the way and then you can move on to all the other stuff. And the sooner, like Meg said, that you install all of that data tracking, the sooner you're going to know who your, your website is speaking to, who's looking at your website, how long they're looking at your website, how they got to your website. I mean, there's just literally so much data that comes from that. So thank you for bringing that up. And I love with Facebook analytics too, you can see how many people have gone from, have have gone to both your Facebook page and your website, how many people are unique to your page, unique to your website. I think that's unique to Facebook because it's Facebook's tool. But I feel like that's, that's really good to know too. How hard, you know, do you need to push traffic to your website harder or, or do you pretty much have equal distribution of traffic? Lots of cool data that you can get lost for hours analyzing. Exactly. And I think something that else is that it's cool is like, If you have a website and you're trying to target like moms, for example, and you look and you see that like it's a whole bunch of guys visiting your website, I think there's probably something weird going on with with either your domain name or your marketing or like something in there is like off. So it's always good to know like who is it? Who's right? The countries people are visiting from. You're always going to have some that are from outside of your region, your preferred regions, but just to make sure it's not dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what else do you have to share with us? Do you have oh anything goodness. else? I know you're like, I know you're like, let me just brain dump everything that I know. No, <laughs> no. I feel like we've covered so much. So we talked we about have. like how to know when, what things to get in place before you run ads. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about pixel and like Facebook stuff to get in place. The difference between a boost and an ad. We've talked about a lot, so I appreciate every single thing that you've uh, brought to the audience, and I think you've delivered some tremendous value, which is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the projects that you have going on right now? Oh, sure. So I am definitely multi-passionate, as you referred to in the introduction. (laughs) Yeah. So my children's book is brand new, so that's kind of a big, um, it's at the forefront of my mind because it was just published a couple weeks ago as of the time we're recording this. And it's so exciting because it's something that I always kind of wanted to do. And I don't know, I just never would have imagined 
being able to call myself a children's book author, but I, I wrote it. I illustrated it. My five-year-old keeps me humble because she's like, yeah, mom, I author and illustrate books all the time in kindergarten. So apparently it's not that cool. Yeah. But it was a really fun project for me. And it introduces kids to 26 entrepreneurial concepts, 26 business concepts. And it does so out of order. So it's not like ABC. It actually starts with I and then goes to P and it hops around the alphabet, which I thought was appropriate because this entrepreneurial journey is far from linear, right? Like, right. Not a straight shot. But it's actually really great for, I did a lot of research into child development and like talking to kindergarten teachers. I have a kindergartner myself and wanting to make sure it wasn't going to be confusing for kids. But it's actually, I found, really good to have it out of order because it helps them with letter recognition, not just memorization. Yeah. And even my three-year-old is using the book in such a fun way. Like, she'll sing the alphabet for, through the table of contents, mm-hmm. and then she flips, and she doesn't read, obviously. She's three, but yeah. she'll flip each page and just attempt to identify the letters. Like, she sees it as a game. Yeah, that's now they're cool. Mixed up and she identifies. And I never... I never told her to do that. Mm-hmm. It was like I gave her the book and that's what she figured out. So yeah. I really kind of loved that. So that's at the forefront. The podcast is constantly evolving. I just created a really fun quiz that I would love to encourage or, or send people to. The quiz, I'm a huge fan of dance parties. I love singing and dancing with my kids. I'm not good at either, so please don't, <laughs> don't ask. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a video out there on the internet somewhere. <laughs> I think right? I've got them all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I've got them all down. Um, maybe, maybe someday, but we love singing and dancing. There's a song and a dance for everything in our house. And so I created this really fun quiz. I think it's a fun quiz where you can discover what your, your marketing theme song is. So what song is going to bring your Facebook marketing from where it is now to where it should be, right? Like next level. So you get a fun song. There's six options, you know, six potentials that you can get. Yeah. Um, It'll make you want to, you'll have to look it up on YouTube and start a little dance party because they're all super fun dance songs. And it also identifies where your strengths and weaknesses are with your Facebook marketing and then provides you with one of my freebies based on where you fall in that spectrum. So I've got tons of free resources, but sometimes it can be hard to figure out like what exactly do I need right now? You know, we talked about a lot of stuff and it can be overwhelming. Like, okay, but what do I need to do right now? And this quiz is a fun spin. It takes like two minutes. It's not a really long process. It's modeled after like BuzzFeed quizzes. So it's really fun with lots of pictures and stuff. Oh, that's so cool. Where did, where can everybody find that quiz? That's just at megbrunson.com slash quiz. Oh, awesome. And I'll put that link in the show notes too. So you will be able to access that. I can't wait to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to go take it after this and then I'll let everybody know in the, in the intro, uh, what, what uh, your song was. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I always get nervous about those quizzes. Like, you know, the quizzes on Facebook where they're like, okay, what are you going to look like in 400 years? You oh, know, and you're like, oh, okay. Or the ones where you like, uh, they show you what you look like as a man or, you know, a woman or we did all the, those things are interesting. We did the man one with the Snapchat filters. I took yeah. pictures of all my kids and posted them as men. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I didn't do that yet. 
I don't even know if I have Snapchat on my phone. That's really bad, but. I might have downloaded it just for the man filter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll have to do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't have it, but I will, I will definitely get it for that particular purpose. What is the best place for everyone to find you on the internet? Oh, probably Facebook. That's, okay. Let's be real. Probably Facebook. Okay. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm at the Meg Brunson. So I was a little late in the handle world. So it's got to put the the yeah. in front of it. But the Meg Brunson and all of my social links are on megbrunson.com as well. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I have one last question for you. And that is, what is your favorite thing about working from home with your kids around? I feel like it's just being able to involve them in the process and expose them to it mm-hmm. and, and, and the effect that that has on them. You know, it's so fun to, to be at the grocery store and to see something like yogurt that has Elsa and Olaf and, you know, yeah. frozen characters on it mm-hmm. and to have my kids be like, oh, that's just marketing. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, like, right. The other day we were at Target and my 11 year old said, mom, there's a, there's a pizza hut at Target. Yeah. Right. In the little cafe here. And she says, does pizza hut pay Target or does Target pay pizza hut? Yeah. That's a good question. Girl, I have no idea. Yeah. And she said, well, I can see like Target might want to pay pizza hut because Mm-hmm. people will you know buy the pizza but they'll also like buy other things like pretzels like she's yeah. she's getting these concepts of like being able to upsell on other things yeah. she's like but maybe pizza hut would pay target because yeah. pizza hut wants to get in front of target's shoppers and i'm like it's crazy that at i don't know i i just don't think i would have thought of that no in fifth grade nope and she's, she's having those thoughts and putting those pieces together and we'll be out somewhere and she'll be like, you should take a picture of that or you should share that on Facebook or, you know, they just have all of these really cool ideas. That's and cool. I know that whether they take a traditional path or whether they pave their own path, that these lessons, these skills, these experiences mm-hmm. are going to give them an advantage. I just love being able to pull them in. I love answering my three-year-old's questions with like blunt reality that she doesn't understand, knowing that at some point she's just going to pick it up. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the first time that we've ever had that answer. Um, And I think it's probably a really powerful answer because it's important for our kids to see what we're doing. So, And that's a big reason why I wrote that book is a way to just get kids involved in thinking about those concepts. You know, in the book, N is for niche. Mm -hmm. So it's like my kids have, are starting to understand like what a niche is, which is difficult for some parents to understand. Yeah. You know, very difficult. (laughs) (laughs) So just starting to expose them to, to these things. And they actually have good lessons for them in school too, Mm -hmm. because you know, in school, not everybody is nice to you. Not everybody's your friend. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. They're not your niche. Yeah. You know, and then just applying the business principles and the business concepts to their life. And this is what I enjoy doing. So I always, or I always compare it to if somebody is really into baseball and they coach their baseball, you know, little league team, yeah. but like, I'm not really into baseball. Yeah. I really love the business side of things. I love doing the, the internet, the business, that kind of stuff. So being able to 
involve them in that is my favorite. That's awesome. Well, I love that answer. And I thank you very much for being here with us and sharing all of your Facebook knowledge and your story and your journey and super excited to see what you're going to be working on next. I'm sure that I can always count on you to be coming up with something really cool. (laughs) So um, just based on your track record. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being here. And um, definitely looking forward to uh, having everybody take your quiz and definitely check out megbrunson.com and you can find her podcast there. You can find her, all of her social media there and just check her out. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. This episode of the Determined Mom Show is sponsored by the Keyword Content Planner. If you're not sure how to do keyword research and you're overwhelmed by not knowing if you've got it right or how long your content should be, this super special content planner will help you to determine um, everything that you need to know about your targeted keywords. So it's going to give you your targeted content length, your reading difficulty score, more related keywords, and it also supplies the top 10 website suggestions for backlinking. You can get this right now for $37. It is on super duper special. So definitely check out the link in the show notes. Get your keyword content planner today.